0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio.
1: Yeah, man, here we go. It is Thursday. I got up this morning thinking, oh, my goodness. I don't know how it snuck up on me. Christmas is a week from Monday.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is it is weird to think about. Wow. No, I'm
1: serious. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the timing of Christmas mm. Eve being set. Sa- I, I don't know what it is this year. Yeah. But
3: 2024, then, is yes. just another week away.
1: Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs>
3: if you really want to add on.
1: Well, there you go. Less wow. than two weeks away is New Blessings Year's Blessings to day. you, yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. 2024. 2030 is tomorrow. It's coming. Yeah. It's steamrolling our <laughs> way. <laughs> Oh, your girl's going to be in elementary school. Uh, don't say that. She's not even born yet. 2030, she's going to be wait. elementary school. What do you mean don't say that? I can do the math. She's going to be a sharp kid. She's going to be top of the class, and she's going to be in elementary school. Mom and dad are going to go see her graduate from, they graduate now from kindergarten, don't they? Oh, preschool. So. Yes.
2: They do? Oh, from preschool. I never had no preschool education. Oh, so boy. <laughs> I didn't either. Yeah. I turned out fine. I, yeah, I was edified, That's and I right. didn't have any Preschool. I knew my numbers yeah. and stuff. Going
3: to <laughs> programs like the one I'm going to next week where the kids have all learned to dance. Oh. And they're ready to perform for all the parents in their special Christmas outfits. Love it. There you go. My son was practicing and it was it was Something. entertaining. Oh, it was, so cute. He's got the choreography. His favorite part is the little there's a freestyle portion. Oh yeah, you got oh, it. No. I bet he's
1: good on that. And he
3: goes, but he was he was concerned. He said, Mom, some of the kids aren't doing anything in the freestyle portion. <laughs> I said, Well, don't worry about them. What are you gonna do? He goes, The dance won't look right if everybody's not
2: He's oh, such a I leader. Love him. I love it so much.
3: He's concerned that he might be doing more than the rest in the freestyle <laughs> he dance. Will, he will be. And I'm sure he will be.
2: He's a chip off the old block. Oh, my goodness. Freestyle
3: is that, dancing is this thing.
2: That begs the question for me. What was y'all's favorite elementary school performance that you did that you can remember? Oh, I know that hands down. What?
1: I punked my parents without even knowing I was punking them. In huh? what way? It wasn't preschool. It was just in elementary school. Sorry about that. <laughs> but I, uh, I played Scrooge in this big ah. presentation. So everybody up there on this stage, all these kids, are reciting their lines. And they're all doing it in unison. I'm yeah. the only one not saying anything. <laughs> Uh-oh. And my folks, and my dad's a school principal, so he's yeah. across town. Yeah. He's plopped down there going... Oh, no, oh, no. They told me afterwards they both were talking to each Mike. other going, did you not work with him? I didn't work with him. Doesn't I didn't know what know he's anything.
3: supposed to be doing or yeah. is he being rebellious? Great.
1: And then the Grinch began to speak. Oh. And I had I had all the voice acting thing, I think, down pretty good because I had a sample. it in class. <laughs> Mrs. Mandel said, Carl, you are... Uh, the Grinch or Scrooge or whatever it was I think yeah. I was Ebenezer Scrooge yeah, yeah that's what I was so yeah I punked them good didn't even know I was getting them I hadn't
2: told them that's I was great Ebenezer so when they saw you sitting up there with your hands folded while everyone oh, else was oh speaking, they were dying I they were imagine. dying they're I dying you know oh, parents no. die oh, no. like oh no yes.
3: <laughs> that's yes so good
1: what about you Allie best play you ever played in what did you have your bonnet on
3: no, I didn't wear the bonnet, but I did wear a dress that my mom had sewn for me. It was the fifth grade talent show. And I had oh. two two roles to play. I was pumped. I had I had a solo. I got up there in my little homemade dress with the ruffle floral print and I sang my little heart out, Whitney Houston's Greatest Love of All. No. <laughs> oh, there has to be video. Please I believe the God. children Christ. are the future. That's how it's And then I also got to do this dance, this choreography where we dressed in. Everybody had black pants and then a different colored shirt. It was like six of us girls. And I just remember there being chairs as props. And we got to hide behind the chairs. And then at different points in the music, a different person would pop their head out. and I don't know what we were doing, but I just remember it was a lot of fun. We felt like we were like Charlie's Angels or something.
1: (laughs) Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. You know,
3: kind of like moving around. Doing cool stuff, hiding behind things. There was a
1: big drop off for you in your life early on, wasn't there? From Little House on the Prairie to Charlie's Angels. That's <sighs> rough.
3: I, was, I, I, I really felt like that was my, that was my time to shine, fifth grade, fifth grade talent show. The one most unusual performance that I ever did was when I was real little, our Greek school put on the Red Riding Hood play. I was the wolf and the entire play was yes. in Greek. I had to memorize. Hold it, give us
1: some lines. I don't remember. Yes, you <laughs> do. No, I, don't. I don't. Give us a little. I
3: don't. The, I really, really. The don't. entire play was in Greek? Yes. And I was the wolf.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's awesome. And you didn't oh, know Greek great. when you were a yes. kid, at least not fluently. No, we were you? in
3: Greek school, we had to memorize half the you, words we didn't even know. Do you yet. know
2: any Greek
1: lines? From the play? No. From anything. No. Do you know a Greek greeting? Agree, hello.
4: Well, Tikanis, how are you? You say Kalaf, Caristo, I'm good. Well, see, there you go. Yes, yeah. yeah, so this is. Hey, when you walk in the room,
1: oh, well, for sure. But I just, I don't know, red, right? I, I know, I know, Opa. Well, <laughs>
3: that's
1: all I know.
2: <laughs> that's what I do. Anytime, drop a plate in the kitchen. You or anytime Opa. you can break
1: glass, I'm and, in. Amen.
4: And plates and
1: <laughs> Pla- plates you shatter. Them. Uh, good you morning, go. Boom Crew. Let me ask you a question, Boom Crew.
4: How are you doing taking new ground spiritually today? How you doing? You know, we're called to take new ground. It's everywhere in scripture. Go into all the world. Spread the word. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church Jesus promised. And the prevailing church is a moving
1: church, right? Yes. And the church is individuals. It's not a building committee. It's people. And uh, we're going to talk with you about it today. We're going to break down a lot of elements of this, and it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. We're going to jump in, and the first strategy for winning any battle you're going to face is an important one. We're going to get to all these strategies today, and we're going to have to lump all these together because it's going to be a long haul through this stuff, but it's going to be beneficial, and we'll have it all in the showcast, but this this is an important topic today. Because maybe you feel stuck. You feel like, man, I'm not taking new ground. I'm kind of camped out. Got my ticket for eternity, and I'm kind of stalled. Sure. Can happen easily.
3: And I think a lot of people feel that this time of the year, of because year, this is the time of year where you're about to hit a, another year, and you start to think about what didn't happen this past year, 2023. You think, man, I had all these plans, all these goals, all yeah, these good things I wanted to do. And so you feel that.
1: Yeah. Yep. So we're going to talk about strategies of war. I'm going to start with a fun one coming up here. Quite shocking. When you look at history and you really parse it out, a lot of times, I don't care how much you study history, you can miss the nuance of how battles were really won. But boy, when you dig a little bit deeper, and we're going to do that coming up here.
0: Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus, we're Carlin Crew Mornings. All the days, from this day to that, for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom!
1: Top five. Top five for me, Braveheart. Top five. Epic flick. Epic. You think strategies of war, uh, we as Christians need no our strategies. God's got it. What if I told you that there's some strategies of spiritual war that can help you win any battle you will face? I'm not over-promising. I'm going to get into that today. It's going to take us a while to break this whole thing down, but let me begin with something really more contemporary for sure i ain't not going to reach into Joshua yet, but think about this here. Printer, writer, author, inventor, oldest signer of the Declaration of Independence. Oldest dude. Statesman. Awful dad. Worst husband. Pretty good granddad. Probably compensating for what he screwed up with his own son. But Benjamin Franklin's greatest contribution to America is little known. He was actually, guys, the X factor in the Revolutionary War. Since so 1776, the Declaration of Independence has just been signed. Benjamin Franklin hooks up with George Washington, and Washington tells him, Ben, we're in trouble.
4: We can't win this thing. We can't beat Brits. Can't do it. Get to France. He jumped on a sloop
1: one month to get to Paris month. Those are different days. Wow. It was a long yeah. travel. He got to Paris and Benjamin Franklin gave his g- greatest contribution possibly to the world. It wasn't bifocals. He invented them. Wasn't Franklin stove. He invented it. It wasn't him deducing that all those bright flashing lights in the sky were filled with electricity. Remember the kite and the string and the key?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: It was the X factor of the Revolutionary War. There is no way. History would have been Radically different, if not for Benjamin Franklin taking a ship to Paris, and you might say, well, how? He spent nine years there. He was so popular, he was the most popular possibly man on the globe at that time. When he got to Paris, he was so popular, they stamped coins with his face on it. Wow. So, he was known as a world-renowned inventor, but he leveraged his celebrity in a way that the world had never seen. He also leveraged the fact that the French hated the British, they hated the Brits. And he began pouring out his soul to all the aristocrats. He worked with them first and then all of the government leaders. And he began talking them into a full scale joining of forces with the rebel forces stateside in the United States of America. What ultimately came out of this nine years of diplomacy was him emptying the coffers of the French government. By the end of the Revolutionary War, when we had won, France was broke because of Benjamin Franklin. But if he hadn't sucked the treasury dry from France, we would not see America as it is today. Straight up would not.
4: So they begin to send ships, thousands of fighting men, artillery, armaments,
1: everything you can imagine, guns, weaponry, gunpowder, hundreds of thousands of dollars, which would have been hundreds of millions and millions of dollars today. France sends, with Benjamin Franklin, back
4: stateside. General Cornwallis was near the mouth of the Chesapeake. The
1: only chance they had was to pin down this British general with 8,000 troops, and it was the battle. This battle was going to be lost because they were going to live to fight another day, but a huge fleet of French ships came and blocked off entirely.
4: The mouth of the Chesapeake Bay. In that one battle, the turning point of the Revolutionary War, all of Cornwallis's soldiers surrendered. Many of them died. And the war was turned on a dime. George Washington
1: gets the lion's share of the credit historically, but if not for Benjamin Franklin, and his relationship with the French
4: government and appealing to their hatred for the British, the Revolutionary War wouldn't have gone down the way it went down.
5: Mm.
4: Wouldn't have happened. And you got to ask a question
1: when you look at a historical factoid like that and you got to go, well, what can we learn about that? Well, sometimes the most important strategies of war are not even obvious in retrospect to look back and see. You go, okay, yeah, the French came in, and yeah, okay, yeah. No, no. one man sailed one month across the ocean. Wow. Leveraged his celebrity to talk them out of everything they owned.
4: France was broke after the Revolutionary War. Broke. And the rest is history, as they say.
1: So, it leads us to a discussion today on strategies of war, spiritual war, your war, what you're in. Up to your gills today. And then you go to the Bible and you go, oh my goodness, there are strategies of war
4: and they're winnable.
1: How cool is this? And we're going to begin to unpack today in these little segments four strategies that will help you win any war, any battle that you're in. And I know you might say, well, Carl, that's a pretty high promise. God's going to uphold his promise. It's great. We're going to
0: get into it, guys. Discipleship to start your day. You're listening to Carl and crew mornings.
1: So if you're going into any battle and you're obviously going to wonder, man, who's for me and who's against me here? And that's a natural thing to do. And I, uh, It's very difficult to block out the noise. But it's real. It's a real battle that you have. Joshua was just like you and me, guys. And you know, he was told by God, you know, cross over this Jordan. All this land I'm gonna give you, be strong and courageous. I'm gonna do it. The calling was clear, right? This is the this is the battlefield I'm calling you into, and you're gonna get victory. Just hang with my word. Meditate on it day and night. You're going to prosper. You're going to have success wherever you go. What a promise. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Well, he's just crossed the Jordan, and they've sent spies into Jericho, and the spies came back, said, everything's looking great, man. Hmm. We got it scoped out. They're melting. They're freaking out. They know God is on our side. And he's right near Jericho, and and the scene goes that he looks up, and he sees a man with a sword. And it must have been quite an image because he's like, whoa. And he was compelled to ask one question. This question he asked, Mm. are you for us or for our adversaries? (laughs) Mm.
3: (laughs) Whose side are you on? Who
1: are you with? Yeah. We do not know exactly who it was. My supposition is it probably was not an angel. It was not God himself. It was probably pre-incarnate Jesus. But this is what the man, I love that, this is what the man said. No, he didn't answer. Are you for me or against me? He said no. So in other words, neither of those. Hmm. I am the commander of the army of the Lord. I have come. It rattled Joshua to the point where he took off his sandals. He knew he was on holy ground. And he fell down at the face of this man that was wielding the sword. I'm going to give you the first strategy to win any battle you're going to face. And this is right from the life of Joshua as he's looking at Jericho. And don't you know he was a little bit nervous? Come on. He's trying to figure out... This one guy he sees out there, are you for us? Are you, are you with our enemies? Are you with us?
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Right? And God said to him through a messenger, maybe Jesus himself, no, I'm the commander mm. of the Lord's army. So here's the point. As tough as it is, never worry about who's for you or who's against you. Focus on the God who called you. There are so many battles that God wants to take you into and through. And he knows, don't you think God providentially came to, to Joshua at that very moment, knowing that he had to be reminded of the promise that was on the other side?
2: Yeah. Sure. Absolutely.
1: And he's like, no, Joshua, I am the Lord. I didn't come just to take sides. I came to take over hmm. and I want you to hang with me. So he had a holy moment where he bowed face down on the ground and the rest, as they say, is history. Jericho came down. We're going to break that down a little bit, but I I got to tell you guys, this is the watershed strategy. The tendency is to think about who's for me and who's against me. But I want you to think about the calling that God has placed on your life. That needs to be
4: our issue of
1: focus. And and by the way, some of us find ourselves wandering into battles that God has not called us into.
3: Yeah, that's very true.
1: Those never go well. But whenever God has called you into something, God is saying to us in this little narrative in Joshua, because according to 2 Timothy 3.16, it's for our good that we will grow, we will become strong, and we will have victory in our lives— the tendency, and I get like this too. When we go do a church plant no Elk Grove, you know what? I hear things said. I could, if a guy showed up and started chatting it up with me, I could have the thought of who's, are you for me or against sure, us here? Yeah, What's going on? Absolutely. It is one of the most difficult challenges that we'll face to hear the voice of God calling us into something and to block out the noise yeah. of everything going around us.
3: What is the danger of trying to figure out who's for you or against you?
1: I think the tendency in this broken and fallen world, Ali, is to not constantly be focused on the voice of God. I think the here and now is so, um, it's so tangible. It's so evidence-based that it is one of the greatest challenges we have is to live in out of the natural into the supernatural and to stay there. And I know this from my own life. Sure. You know it from yours? Yeah. You can look at every calling that God's called you into. And there's all kinds of little not only earthly sniping or false heroes or or false promotions, but mm-hmm. there's spiritual battles of the mind where Satan's trying to tell us did God really say that? Are you sure you're headed the right way? Yeah. So the tendency is to look at a guy or a gal standing with, there with the sword in their hand and to begin to just size up, oh boy, who's for us and who's against us, and here's the key. Guys, when God has called you, you've got to block out the noise of adversaries or allies and just go, I'm going forward with what God has mm-hmm. called me into.
3: So I think there's all you. There's a temptation to act on whatever the, the answer to that question is, so to feel strengthened by... Additional support around you, people for you, or to feel deterred by opposition—big
1: time. And this is where this is where our discussion yesterday yes. falls in, uh, because—and that's where I—I'm kind of recounting a message that I gave last Sunday at 180 Chicago. But this this is the important thing, and we learned it from these Heisman candidates. It is so easy to listen to the noise around us. But one of the things that I was so impressed with these Heisman Trophy candidates is that their calling was so strong and the affirmation of their father and mother and a few key people Mm -hmm. around them kept the noise out. It became that calling on their life became noise canceling headphones for the crowds.
3: Right. The supporters and the detractors,
1: the supporters and the detractors. And I know this is hitting someone today because you're thinking, shoot, man, I've been derailed from my calling that God put on my life. I know what that feels like. I, I mean, I, you know, one of the coolest things that ever happened about calling uh, was from my bride to me. Hmm. And I want to share a piece of that story coming up here in a moment.
0: Boom crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: The most important strategy for any kind of battle that you're walking into is to never worry about who's for you and who's against you, but to focus on the God who called you. And that's challenging.
3: Very much so. Because you when you're stepping out to do something, you you want to feel like everybody's with you. Yeah. And and Trying to kind of garner support. I mean, this is what political candidates do, right? Yeah. They kind of test, they, they test to see if I were to run, who would vote for me? So they do all kinds of things before ever even declaring candidacy. Yeah. And there's a temptation to do that, to try to s- survey the scene. How do I think this, do I think this will go in my favor and to make decisions based on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. Now, I'm gonna, just the, the quick story from my bride, and then you just had one that just popped in my head that's amazing. And I think I can tell the story without divulging any names. It's pretty epic because it's, yeah, it's pretty epic. Um, I, even though I'm a type A leader and I am a, I love to go take hills, I can get weak in the knees with anyone, man. I can hear God's voice sure. saying, go this way. And guess what? I, I'm going to be real honest about me, man, I can sometimes get weak in the knees. I can doubt God's voice mm-hmm. better than the best of them, man. Sure. It's so weird, but this is where intimacy and in marriage, it can be such a powerful thing. My bride through a gentle, sweet voice and a really cool challenge has more than one time in my life, many times said to me, Carl, God showed you this thing, right? yeah, babe. Well then let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Bub, let's go. I've heard that so many times. Mm. Come on, let's go do this thing. I tried to tell this story without divulging names. This is a tough one. I think I can do it. I had a person who I contacted on the phone one day. I was driving down the road in Alaska with my son. He said, where's the leaders around here, dad? Where's the leaders in our state? I said, I I know one leader. I said, I'm going to call him up. Get him on the phone with you.
3: Was he just curious?
1: Yeah, he's always been a political animal that way, this kid. I said, yeah, I know one leader. I called this guy up. I said, hey, got my son here in the car with me. Let me ask you a question. When are you going to run for governor? He said, funny you'd say that. He said, my wife and I have been talking about this and think I need to do this?" I said, really? He said, yeah. Two months later, this guy called me up, said, I um, just want to run something by you, Carl. I'm really feeling like I need to do this. What do you think? I said, you know what? If God's called you and you really hear the voice of God, you better do this thing. He said, okay. Time goes by. He declares governor race. Months go by, sit in my office one day, pastor of a big old church in Alaska, and my assistant comes in and says, hey, uh, this guy that I've just been talking about is wanting to come in and see you. Sounds like it's something really urgent. I said, really? Okay. I'll carve out a few minutes while well, he's sitting downstairs in his car wanting to run up. I said, okay. Wow comes up steps into my office so what's going on he said ah oh, man i i think i'm going to i think i'm going to let the i'm i'm going to flip the ticket i think i'm going to go light gov lieutenant gov and i'm going to flip the ticket on this thing i said really he said yeah you got anything for me i said i got a couple of questions for you two in particular i said number 1 did god call you to run for this position of governor? He said, yes. I said, are you certain of that? Yes, I heard his voice.
4: I said, has he told you otherwise since then? No, he hasn't. I said, then run for governor. Hmm. He ran, he won. I was at the governor's ball.
1: Nobody knew the story. Nobody knew he almost flipped this whole thing. Wow. But his dad walked up to me at the ball. Whispered in my ear, he said, "You know what no one else here knows." Thank you, Carl.
5: Mm.
2: That's really, really cool.
1: I say that to illustrate the fact that, guys, I got to tell you, it's it's not governorships. It's should I speak up at the PTA meeting? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's do I lead this small group? Yeah. Fill in the blank. Right, guys?
3: Yeah. Do so I go yeah. try to have this conversation with my neighbor? Yeah. Just speaking into someone else's life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: It's so easy to listen to crowd noise, man. Yeah. It's so
1: easy to listen to the voice of Satan talking you out of God's calling. Yeah. March on, man. March on. But Carl, the walls of Jericho are huge. March on. If God called you, you better go.
3: If you haven't heard otherwise.
1: If you haven't heard otherwise, you got to go. Love you, Boom Crew. Come on, man. What's God calling you into? If you haven't heard
0: otherwise, keep moving. Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: Alright, guys, Merry Christmas to you. By the way, I want to give you a heads up. We got something really cool that we want to tell you about. It's gonna be happening Saturday, and Sunday, it's the first time we've ever done this.
3: It is the Carl and Crew Mornings Christmas Special. This is a one-hour bonus episode that's gonna air this weekend on Moody Radio at 3 p.m. on both Saturday and Sunday. The team, we sat around the table together. We shared the Christmas story, some of our favorite Christmas memories, along with some fun, festive surprises, great music. Check it out this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 3 o'clock, right here on Moody Radio.
1: Pretty cool. It was a sweet time. I had so much fun doing that with you guys.
3: It was a lot of fun.
1: It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it.
3: Hopefully we'll do more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We filmed it in June. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, we didn't. It seems, we just did it just a few days ago, but it feels like... It feels like a long time I ago. I mean, yeah. what's going on with our calendar it's here, guys? Speed speeding by <laughs> here at the end. Finishing strong. Hell on you. Turn it up, young thunder. Christmas special, Carl and crew. Saturday, Sunday, 3 p.m. All right. Enjoy. Can you hit that note, Carl. You almost baited me into trying. You were close. You 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 almost did it. it. You you almost baited it. I had to go full Michael Jackson, falsetto, if I was going to hit it, though. So it's true. I think I'll not do that. Okay. I think I'll refrain. All right. Can
2: you hit it? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Maybe after. Gotta wait for the piano to be done.
1: Yeah. Super dice. Got those. Ivory's going today, man. Yeah, she plays
3: Thank many you. instruments.
1: She can talk at the same time. She can produce the show too at the same time. It's That's amazing. Right. Oh, I thought they
2: were coming in there. You would just go back to the beginning that no, way no, no. Okay. There's something coming. Baba
1: de booby. Timeouts. Huh. So wow. Well, well. Huh? Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, Young Thunder.
3: It's like the record. You know scratch. I found
1: the, I found the one song that he can't do. Oh. Yeah. Okay,
2: Young Thunder, oh, we're boy. sticking with you. Moving on. What's amazing? Yeah, is that you can do booblay better yeah. than Charlie oh. Brown? Well, better than booblay. Well, those that song is sung by eight-year-olds, so it might be less amazing that I can do "Boublay" over that song. <laughs>
3: That was quite the entrance into that. My ears.
2: That. Yeah, that was, that was something. <laughs> Woo. It was something. Here to, here to serve.
1: Boom Crew, when you are facing any battle, there's all kinds of challenges that come our way. This morning, we're giving you four strategies to win any battle you'll face. The first one is never worry about who's for you against you. Focus on the guy who called you. Listen to his voice and keep going. Keep going keep going. And you know sometimes I want to make sure that we're getting this cuz sometimes we think about calling as what I alluded to, going to launch in a new campus in a new area of town. It's like, "Oh, yeah, that's listen to me. Callings come in what are perceived to be large or small, but they're big for us because God called us."
3: Yes. Yes. And they're they're significant. And sometimes you want to duck your calling.
4: Yeah, duck your calling.
3: You like a like little play on
1: yeah. words there? Yeah, you sometimes you like to duck your calling. So coming up here in a couple of minutes, we're going to break down a second strategy to win any battle you'll face,
0: even when God's called you. We'll break it down. New to the show? We're glad you're here. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. So... <laughs> Joshua
1: gets up off of his face when he sees the man with the sword, and he's like, all right, don't focus on who's against me and who's for me. Let's go get him. And God says to him, all right, here's the plan. Go march around that city up there one time a day. And don't say a word. Don't open your mouth. On the seventh day, go around that bad boy. And I'm wanting you to go around that thing on the seventh day Seven times. Now, here's what's interesting. They wanted seven priests who were blowing trumpets, and in front of those priests are going to be 40,000 is probably the number of fighting men. Mm. So they're walking around Jericho. Jericho wouldn't have been huge at this time. I think it might have housed about 20,000 people. I've been to Jericho. I can imagine what those walls look like. The Hebrew text indicates that it's probably the front wall that fell down, that huge front wall. Because most of these towns were tucked up against a little bit of rolling hills or something, kind of tucked up against something. And and it's the way it is with Jericho there. it's uh, Jericho's an interesting city. It's 800 feet below sea level. It's hot. They have springs there. People have gone there even currently for years to find refreshment in the springs in the middle of this deserty area. Pretty cool city. So... They go up and they do this crazy thing. Now, come on, let's be honest. The way Jericho was sacked is weird.
2: Sure. I mean, walk around a city,
1: blow trumpets, and then put out a big shout and bam, came down the walls. Here's the point, and this is important. Strategy number two for winning any battle, follow the plan God gives you, no matter how unorthodox and impossible (laughs) it may seem.
3: I like that one. Me too.
1: And this is true.
3: Have you seen God have some unorthodox plans for you?
1: Oh, yeah. You want one? I got one. Okay. It's crazy. You're going to love it. Coming up in a minute and a half, we'll break it down for you. You're going to love this.
3: Uh, Because you you and
1: my wife were in cahoots against me. Oh. Hmm. No, it's really a cool story. Something that my bride asked very special of me. Did I want this plan? Did it seem crazy? Did it seem impossible? Yeah, it
0: did. Details coming up. Ever wonder what happens when the mics are off? Find out on Carl and Crew Morning's Facebook and Instagram. That was
1: perfect, and Allie didn't even know she stepped into it that way. It's, uh, it's a really cool thing when you follow God's plan, that he gives you no matter how unorthodox and impossible it may seem. And as I was thinking about this a week ago, I thought, you know, what has God called me into that has led to some things that are so unorthodox? So let me give you one gentleman that is going to be relatable to you right now. And that is that God has called all of us men to love our wives as Christ loved the church. That is a calling that we all share. Yeah. So there's some callings that are just by default. You become a parent. You're to train them up in the way they should go, right?
3: Absolutely. That's a calling
1: that a parent has. If you're a husband, you are called to love your wife as Christ loved the church. So, one anniversary, I think it was anniversary eight for me and my bride, I thought, I'm going to be real clever here. I'm going to go to my wife, and I did, and I said, babe, I want you to tell me what you would like for our anniversary this year. And I want you to think about it. I want you to pray about it. I want you to just really just think about this, okay? Okay. She's like, okay, I'll do that, bub. So I waited a few days, came back to her, and I go, you know, our anniversary's almost here. Have you been praying about it? She says, I have. And she starts to smile. I go, well, what what you got? She's, "I've, I've really been thinking and praying about this. And what I want for our anniversary is for us to turn off our TV for a full year. And I said to her, have you heard anything else from the Lord as you <laughs> prayed? And she goes, "No, that's really what I want." Wow. Now, I want to tell you I'm not I'm not a big I'm not a big sitcom guy, but I'm a news guy and I'm a sports guy and I'm all that. And guys, I want to tell you I felt God was telling me do it, but it felt impossible. It felt a little bit weird. It felt it's kind of akin to modern day walking around Jericho. Oh my goodness. I've got a calling here. I asked her what she wants. She told me and now we got to do this thing Mm -hmm. and I'm like a year and it wasn't the year that was the problem. It was the first week or two. That was the problem (laughs) sure. because I wasn't, I didn't think I was a big TV watcher, but I w apparently I watched a lot of sports and I watched news. If a story was breaking, I could watch it on three networks and four cable channels, the same story, just to get the angle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to tell you guys, God used that year in a cool, cool way. So powerfully. God used it like I started taking my son out and I made watching sports an event. So we'd go to a sports bar. And I got a two-for-one on this deal because we'd plop down, and he loved the Lakers. I couldn't stand him at the time, but there's another lesson. You got to do what you got to do. So I'd take him out, and we'd watch the Lakers. And at the same time, there's guys bellied up to the bar at the sports bar getting drunk off their keister, and so I was able to illustrate for Cabin nothing I could have done at home. See how this yeah. works? I was able to say, now, you don't want to be that when you yeah. get older here. I mean, it had all kinds of layers to it, but you know what God did over a year's time? Changed my TV habits that impact me to this day. Wow. No joking. 28 years later, I'm still impacted by a year of doing what felt impossible to me mm. and a little bit weird. So here's what I want to tell you guys. When God calls you, he will call you to do some weird stuff. Yeah. And unorthodox.
3: Yeah, I, I, I would agree.
1: And coming up here in... Just um, just a couple of minutes, I'm gonna illustrate this by Allie coming here to this job. Timing weird, out of the blue, but she came anyway. Hang on, guys.
0: Living life for Jesus and having a blast in the process. We're calling Crew Mornings. You know, one of the coolest stories
4: that
1: I've ever heard is after Allie had already been here, I didn't know all that had gone down, but God's calling on our life is one of the coolest things, and sometimes it is totally unorthodox. I teed it up, sister, go. People need to hear this. This is important. I
3: mean, when people ask me, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm in radio. How did you get into radio? Like, well, let me tell you, I'd never done radio before, and I was a stay-at-home mom for 11 years when God called me to take on radio, which did I mention I'd never done radio before? Yeah. And I hadn't worked outside the home in 11 years. And I had a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. And I thought, "Who's? how am I going to do that? My my kids need me. And my husband is about to do a major career switch from being a professional basketball player to a professional basketball coach. And his
1: (laughs) – There's a few moving parts here.
3: Lots of moving parts. His job was going to take him to another part of the country for most of – uh, the better part of a year, and there were so many reasons why this was just not gr- a great fit. But through a series of really clear God moments, the call to come here was undeniable.
1: What was the? What were a couple of things that happened that like made it undeniable that it was God calling?
3: There were a couple there were a couple of specific things in scripture that the Lord used to answer specific prayers and questions. And then there was one moment in particular where I had started this process kind of unsure of what I even wanted the outcome to be. You know, you started you start I, I interviewed for this job before I even had a resume. <laughs> I didn't have a resume, hadn't updated a resume in a lot of years. But there was one moment in particular where the moody process moves pretty slow. So once I was in it, it was like a long. Super
1: nice, grinning and smiling. It was a long
3: process. And I remember I was starting to get antsy because it's like, I don't really know what I want, but I kind of want to know something. And I wanted to, my first thought was, let me just reach out and kind of see where we're at in the process. And I sensed from the Lord, nope. No. Be still be still. And so I prayed like, "Lord, just kind of want to kind of want to know something." And then later that day, after say weeks of not hearing anything, that same day I heard from Matt McNeely, the Lord had answered my little prayer of, "Lord, I just kind of want to know something." And the that was a pretty clear indication, keep moving forward. And every step of the way it was like doors were opening, and it was like, well, Lord, I can't take this job if I don't have somebody to help take care of my kids, and it can't just be anybody. It's got to be the right person, because this is a crazy schedule, and they've got to be able to juggle our family's unique Early mornings. Early mornings, and well, the Lord took care of that one, too, and provided a Moody Bible Institute student who needed a place to stay for a little while. And so she moves into our spare bedroom and helps take care of the kids. And she was absolutely the perfect fit at the perfect time. And if you would have asked her, she would have said that job came along at the perfect time when it's exactly what I needed. And it was something that the Lord, only the Lord could have done. And there's been many times, I'll be quite honest, this has been challenging. Juggling family life and a husband who's got a busy job and kids who have needs, just like your kids. There have been many times where I thought, Lord, is this still where you want me?
1: Yeah. So guys, here's the point of this. This is what's so important. Follow the plan God gives you, no matter how unorthodox and impossible it may seem. God will make a way. He will. The kingdom of God is all about taking new ground. and I don't want you to miss what God has called you to today. I don't want you to miss. I don't want you to leave the path that's going to lead to this new ground that God has for you. Don't leave it. Don't question what God spoke to you back there up here. Too much at stake. Too many blessings at hand. More strategies for winning any battle that stands between you and your calling coming up.
0: Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. So the walls of Jericho fall and the
1: armies rush in, 40,000 fighting men. And I mean, they take that city and they destroy it. They take it down. Now, it was a, you need to know something, guys. In Jericho, the historical cultural context, baby sacrifices were happening constantly. Sex slave trade everywhere. This was a town Of utter debauchery Mm -hmm. I mean it was evil and so sometimes we don't we look at God saying we got to take the whole city kill everyone in there we don't understand that if you let a seed of evil survive it will crop its ugly head again this is why Jesus has to come one day because guess what the madness will never fully end yeah So, I guys, in this notion, kingdom now, people who think that the world's getting better and better, all of a sudden, that whole narrative and that theological box is blowing up in their face. Yes. That ain't working. We are not getting better and better. It's not kingdom now. Nope. So here's the deal: when you're when you're moving toward God's calling, He's going to have strategies of war. You got to block out the crowd noise and go with God's calling, no matter what. And then you, if you're facing a battle, even if it seems unorthodox, you got to walk around. You got to walk around your small group with a horn and blow it seven times, as crazy it may seem. <laughs> if God calls you to do that, you better do it. That's true. So whatever the calling is on your life, you got to do it. But here's a cool thread here that is awesome. The narrative goes on in Joshua chapter six, that the walls are coming down. Everything's getting dealt with 40,000 men. There's, imagine that uh, tannish red, uh, sandy clay stuff, just dust in the air. I mean, it is a war scene. And hmm. then it is the two young men who had promised Rahab went to her home. Gathered up her family and her Mm. and all of her family and led them away. And the text says, and she is with Israel to this day. Now, what's that mean? It means finish the plan God gives you. Don't forget the righteous or leave them behind. How easy is that to do?
3: Yeah, to get so fixated on what you feel like God's called you to do that you start neglecting other things that God's called you to do.
1: In the innocent. And the righteous. Yeah. And the commitment that you've had. And you know what? To care for widows and orphans is is real religion. Right? That's real right. religion, That's according right. to James. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. So imagine what it was like for me. We we're we're up in Alaska and and it's just imagine a church on fire. Lost people coming every weekend. I mean, we had I'm gonna give it to you straight. We had Remember when the tattoos on the low low back were really popular and the pants went low. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. There enough said.
3: 90s kids remember it. So,
1: I I've, I've got a ch- we got a church that is filled with these people walking in with these stamps. I'll leave off one word. So these stamps and it's it's uh I had some awesome elders come up to me and going, "We're buying new chairs and all this. We need to get those chairs at like we don't need like the upper half on the back. We need the full back chairs. And I'm like, sure. They explain a little bit. I said, wow, okay. done. Let's get the full back chairs. I got <laughs> okay. it, guys. He said, yeah. we, And these are loving guys. Yeah. These were righteous. No, sure. Dudes. Yeah. This isn't they weren't weird. condemning. They're just going, hey, let's 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 help people that we're reaching here I and help everyone great. around them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a cool thing. So we're fever pitch going after this stuff, and one day I'm in the lobby in this precious woman. Now you need to know, man. I knew her from Sand Lake Baptist Church. She wasn't young then when I was a little guy. Mm-hmm. Florence. She comes up to Great me. Name, Florence Doll. She walks up to me. And she says, "Pastor Carl, could I talk to you?" Thankfully, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and said, "Listen to Florence." You didn't listen to her when you were a kid stealing cookies at Singspiration in the fellowship hall, but listen to her now. All these years have gone by. Now I'm her pastor. She probably, she had more stories on me than you could imagine. (laughs) Pastor Carl, could I talk to you? I said, yeah, Florence, what's going on? Well, Pastor Carl, we got a lot of widows in our church. And I think it would be really good if we gathered them up. I was wondering, would you mind authorizing me to lead a group of women? And I came up with a name for them. I said, really? What's the name, Florence? Winsome Widows. Oh, I love that. I said, well, Florence, let's go for it. And I got up the next week and we announced the Winsome Widows. That ministry grew to 40 of the most powerful women you can imagine. Wow. Man. You know what they did?
3: That's amazing. They
1: knitted and crocheted Afghans. They sat around studying the Bible, drinking tea and crocheting Afghans. And one day I took one home and I pulled it up over me while I'm sitting in a lounger. And I said, man, this Winsome Widows <laughs> ministry is nice. This thing is,
5: this thing is nice,
4: man. Mm-hmm. But That's better good.
1: than that, you know what they would do? They would team up with the cancer ministry group that cared for people that were going through it. And they would take these Afghans to these people, and they'd pray over them. Wow. Mm -hmm. And they would pray up and down the aisles of our church over those chairs with the long backs. Mm -hmm. And they'd lay hands over every chair and pray, 40 women strong. Now, let me tell you something. Was it easy for me to focus on all that's going on in a church where you've got membership classes that were 300 and all the issues that go with that sure buildings you're buying and
3: ministries you're
1: doing and budgets and boom and florence's pastor carl can could we start a ministry called the winsome widows i'm glad the holy spirit grabbed me by the collar and said young man listen up Because the principle of Rahab is this, no matter what kind of conquest you're going on, don't forget the righteous or even leave them behind. Don't forget them. Those young men, don't you know when those walls came down, they looked at each other and said, we made a deal with her. Yeah. Let's go. How easy would it have been to think about the the conquest and the cleanup of that yeah. battle and mm-hmm. just absolutely forget one prostitute in the town of Jericho. Easy.
2: Yeah. Sad to say, but it would have been pretty easy to easy. forget.
1: Never forget the deals you struck or the innocent, never leave them behind, guys. God wants to work.
3: It's good.
0: Isn't that cool? Yeah. Need a wake-up call? We can help with that. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: You, you just can't do this all year. I mean, we sometimes get winged up and throw and something in, in June. And
3: play Christmas song in June. Sometimes. But typically. It
0: happens.
1: There's
0: typically, are certain songs
3: that are only played between November and January.
1: Yeah, you're right, Allie. And you know what? We've got to continue here with Young Thunder. we got such a great talent. And, well, thank uh, you. Him singing along with Buble, and but we'll we're gonna have two selections this morning. Okay, and we won't do yeah. the whole thing of the
2: Buble. We'll but we'll carry the okay. largest chunk. Of you it. just tell me when to fade out. And I'll yeah, fade out. and uh, let's go for it right okay. now, Young Thunder. Here's my serious favorite option. Have yourself a merry little Christmas.
5: A merry little Christmas more through the years we all will be together yourself a merry little Christmas now.
3: Thunder and Buble. Very nice. That was really nice. Very Thank
2: nice. you. Well I just, done, young You're Thunder. doing so good. I just let you roll, man. What's my favorite hey. song. That's a beautiful song, yeah, isn't it?
1: Absolutely.
3: Very soothing. I need mm-hmm. to sing
1: that over Shannon, man, sitting there on the couch. Absolutely.
2: A, dude, I mean, that's a great tune.
3: Do you ever sing to your bride?
2: I do. Oh, Actually, we did so that song uh, on my birthday. We, we kind of bring in the Christmas season on my birthday because it's the beginning of December. Yeah. And so I'm going to make that song do like a recording of myself. Doing that song for her like an original piece. Oh, so it'll be oh. fun. It'll be fun. She that knows. Is, I'm not spoiling a surprise. She knows. So, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Aww.
3: So sweet.
0: Helping you start your day off right. This is Carlin Crew Mornings. It's
1: Carlin Crew Mornings here. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to save it. I'm going to jump on it right now. I want to give you a fourth strategy to win any battle you're going to face. Now, you might say, Okay, you want to give us first three? It's hard to do. So what I'm going to ask you to do is just grab the show cast. We're going to put these in sequential order. We're going to lay them all out for you. And we're going to remove songs, commercials, all that kind of stuff. And it'll be just right there all blocked together. So this is how you get that thing.
3: Just text the word show to 312-274-9624. Text the word show to
1: 312-274-9624. So here's the context Jericho is sacked. They take it. They win the war. It was done in an unorthodox way. Joshua set his heart to the calling. He blocked out all the fan and the foe noise, and he went for it. And they gave him the victory. God gave him the victory. It's a big deal. So they decide to go up and take the next city, Ai. In fact, the scouts went and checked it out, and they said, Ah, this ain't nothing. We got it. We just need two to 3,000 guys. We don't need all 40,000 for this one. They're like, all right, good, we got it. Guess what? They sent up 3,000 soldiers to AI. You know what happened? Got their booties kicked. What happened to the God of Israel? What's Mm. going on here? Got their booties kicked. Mm. Joshua didn't know what was going on, but he did what any good leader does in defeat. He buried his head between his legs, and he just started sobbing. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) And he was just, he was beside himself. Joshua's just like, he's on the ground, actually, going, God, why have you left me? You know what God says to Joshua? Get up. (laughs) Twice he says it. So the narrative changes. By the time we get to Joshua 6, it's different than Joshua 1. Joshua 1 is, be strong and courageous. Joshua six, get up, <laughs> which is really funny because I get a kick out of the Bible. Does anyone else get a kick yes. out of the Bible? Yeah. Yes. It's great.
3: And there's so many moments that just, they do make you chuckle. Oh, it's bit. just
1: funny. It's like, get up, <laughs> get up, <laughs> get up. And he doesn't say it once. He says it twice. <sighs> get up. And then God explains to him, he says, listen, here's the deal. Remember, I told you, go and take the city, but don't take any gold or silver for yourself. And we got sin in the house. So he said, oh, great. So Joshua calls everybody together and says, all right, who's got the silver? Who took some of the goods? I told
4: you, God said, don't take anything. Who took the silver?
1: Achan walks
4: up. That'd be me well, you're going to die and all your family because we can't have sin in the camp if we're going to go forward with God's plan. They got the mess cleaned up. They went back up to AI and they won the war. Here's the strategy. When you have a
1: setback pursuing God's plan, and you will, his calling on your life, you will. Don't let it defeat you. Ask God what went wrong. Get up, fix it, and go again. Mm. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> How relevant is this yeah. to our life? So relevant.
3: And what about the dealing with sin? Is that factor in? Oh, yeah. There too?
1: Dealing with sin is one of the things that you got to get up and fix. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't Joshua's sin, but it was because it affected the whole community. But in our own life, I know you've been moving toward God's calling in your life and you stepped in the poop. Yep, you sinned. You screwed up. You know what you do? There's two ways of dealing with this. One is you fall down on your face and you stay there. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to be this bold. The tomb is empty, my friend. You're hearing God say, get up. Agree with me on what's wrong. Confess it. Let's fix it. And let's go again.
4: Isn't that hallelujah?
3: That's, yeah, oh, I mean, that, that's encouraging. So encouraging, man.
1: And I know, look, we, we all know what it's like to face these moments when you're pursuing God's calling and you're on your face you're on the like, ground. Oh, going, man. I'm done. And if you listen
4: close, you'll hear from a distance. Get up. Get up. That's how much
1: God loves us, man. I want to give you all four of these strategies. I really do. And I want you to come get them now. Some of you have never grabbed our podcast before. We will front load this whole thing. I begin with a story of Benjamin Franklin that I guarantee you, you probably didn't know. No, I didn't know it. And you will... March through these four strategies to win any battle you face.
3: Just text the word SHOW to 312-274-9624. Just text SHOW to 312-274-9624.
0: Taking next steps with Jesus each and every day. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, guess what? We're 12 Days of Christmas.
1: We are on Facebook Live, Carl and crew. Good to have you guys with us. we got manager Matt McNeely going under the tree today. How are you, my
2: man? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be in this position. I don't get to do this This all the time. This is great.
1: It's fun to have you in here. And if we haven't told you lately that we love you, we love
2: you.
1: (laughs) I appreciate that. Okay, Allie, what do we got going on?
3: Well, we have our call in winner. I want to introduce Kim from Mount Prospect, day 11 winner. Kim, congratulations. You win a prize today. How do you feel starting your day with a win? Oh,
5: my
3: goodness. I'm just flabbergasted. That's a great word, flabbergasted. Well,. Matt is going to be opening a gift for Kim and also for Lori B from Elgin, who's going to win today's prize as well. Excellent.
2: Well, we're down to two prizes. Um, They're both big bags. So I'm going to grab a big bag for you. Yep. And let's see what we have here. See, It's
3: a gift bag. It says the stockings were hung by the chimney with with care. What's
2: the the number on that tag on the other side? uh, It's on the the other side. other side. There you go. This number is six. Number six. All right. Yeah, number six. Now, All right. Kim, as Matt opens your present, I'm going to tell you what it is. You know, the Christmas pickle is a tradition <laughs> where an ornament in the shape of a pickle is hidden on a Christmas tree. Don't worry. We are not getting you a pickle on your Christmas tree. We're not hiding this amazing gift either uncover a set of pickleball paddles for thrilling matches, a Stanley tumbler to keep you hydrated in style, and a massage gun to soothe those hidden aches and pains. (laughs) Hello! Hello. After a day at the pickleball courts. Oh my goodness! This holiday season, no need to search high and low for festive surprises. We're delivering the fun straight to you, Kim. Now, we would love to see you enjoying these gifts. Kim, if you feel so so inclined, tag yourself or tag us on Facebook and Instagram while using. While you're thumping yourself, that's there, right, right, with this they massage think. gun, or while wow. you're out on the pickleball courts, we wow. would love to see you there. Oh, wow. Merry Christmas, Kim, Woo. and who else? And Merry Lord Christmas to our online money from Elgin, Kim. You up to try some pickleball? Well, my husband has been trying to talk me into Pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> You're in trouble now. No oh, more excuses. It's go time. I think it's a sign. Oh, that's awesome. That <laughs> is great. Congratulations. a sure awesome.
1: sign. Kim, thank you for being part of the Boom Crew. We love you, sister. We're grateful thank for you. you. So I was
2: going to pull you these out,
5: but they're so nicely wrapped. Yeah. You've done such We're a good job have Pickleball's rolling out all <laughs> over the yeah. studio.
1: It's really cool. Well, Merry Christmas, Kim. Godspeed, sister, and thanks for being a listener here. Thank
2: you so much. Love you guys, too.
1: What a sweet gift, huh? Wow, yes. Yes. Yeah, Congrats, no kidding. Lori,
2: that
3: too. is cool. Pickleball is so much fun.
1: Boy, I hope that thing makes it to Kim and get, doesn't get <laughs> diverted by someone around here. Uh-huh,
3: if we see you. Young Thunder in the hallway with a net set up, that's right. Taking on Carl. <laughs> yeah, and
2: young Thunder and Carl are playing pickleball out here in the hallway. We send them lightly used. It'll
3: eventually get to you.
2: Well, and from what I understand, uh, Ali's neck is a little sore, so I'm just yeah. saying oh, that's gun gun right there. Right that's <laughs> no, I as well? the massage
3: gun before we sent no, we won't yeah,
2: right. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> we'll yeah. that to you. We'll oh, my that
1: goodness. To so will good. see nice. nice
3: you brand new.
1: Merry Christmas, everyone. One more day that we're going to
2: yeah, the tree. Yeah. Just one gift left.
1: One lonely gift left That's under right. there. Yep. But Maybe. Christmas marches on. Merry Christmas, everybody. This is Chris Tomlin, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, signing off from Facebook
0: Live. Love see you guys. See you tomorrow. No energy, no problem. We have all the energy you need and more. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. You ready? Young Thunder, singing
2: along to a classic Christmas tune. I wish it was Christmas today. Your mama says Christmas time is near. I don't care what your daddy says. Christmas time is near. All I know is that Santa's sleigh is making its way to the USA. says. Christmas is full of cheer. I don't care if you think it's a lie. Christmas will soon be here. I don't care about the CIA. I don't care what the calendar say. I wish it was Christmas today. I wish it was Christmas today. Have some, no, that's real people. They did this in a live performance. I Mars.
3: know, but it's, it's, it sounds, sounds like, a laugh, like a laugh track. but I think our room crew is right. We need to uh, have uh, Jonathan uh, release an album uh, next
2: season. I like the sound of that. It's, it's, oh, that could be on it. Young Everybody releases special. a Christmas album, so I'm why, sorry, not, but that Thunder? Song why not? Young Fun? Why not? It's so great. I don't care what the CIA
1: is.
3: <laughs> why not? so random
1: because don't
2: you know the cia is against the christmas they, season. yeah they have uh they have some agenda against santa and you don't care what
1: the mayor says either no do you. i certainly you don't. Just don't care <laughs> hey this is carl with carl and crew and i'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.